Hi there and welcome to a new episode of Worlds Collide, the podcast where I talk to people who moved abroad. And um, I wanted to say that I really appreciate that you are tuning in and to my regular listeners, I want to say that I really appreciate you tuning in. Um, so I now to the quick introduction to today's episode. My guest today is Aaron and he talks about his experiences in Colombia and um, what's different to his experiences in the US as a black American. Well, usually we don't do swear words, but in today's episode there are swear words and also the N-word is coming up. So um, just a quick heads up. And today's audio quality is um, is not as good, but it's still a really nice conversation that you should definitely listen into. So here it is. here it goes <laughs> okay so my guest today is Aaron hi Aaron where how are you today uh, I'm feeling great I'm feeling a little cold it's it's really cold here where I am in Minnesota um, uh, you're in Minnesota that was my mm -hmm. first question where so Minnesota do you watch Fargo uh, everybody asked me that question but I've never seen that before <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay I uh, know I play in Minnesota it's in Minnesota yeah yeah This is where you're from originally? Yeah, I was born here um, in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And I grew up here um, in a suburb. And then I went to university uh, sometime after high school. Mm -hmm. And then I lived in New York for six years. Okay. And um, then I went to Columbia. Okay. And um, where in Columbia were you? I was in the capital. So I was in Bogota, Columbia. Uh-huh. And, and uh, what brought you there? Uh, curiosity, because um, I was adopted at the beginning of my life. Um, so uh -huh. curiosity into where my biological mom like came from oh, okay. um, is originally what kind of piqued my interest. But like mm -hmm. during the pandemic, to go back a little further, mm -hmm. when during the pandemic, I traveled abroad for the first time. So that's when I went to Germany. So like, Uh-huh. The pandemic kind of set off this like thing, like this like hunger to get to know the world. Um yeah. so after I returned back to the United States from traveling around in Europe, um I wanted to continue to to experience that. So last February in 2023, uh I took my remote job and traveled to Colombia and I stayed there for a month. And I decided to go back and uh, I stayed in total for a, just about a year, like 11 months. Okay. And now I'm back in You're the U.S. You're back in the U.S. And so I've got a few questions there. So what was your job that you could um, just do that? I was working in tech and marketing. Okay. So you could take Data your, science your stuff. laptop and work from anywhere. Anywhere. Okay. Well, that's really Technically. <laughs> Ended up finding out that I was not supposed to be going. I, I should not have. Bogota was basically on a red list of places that I could oh. not go. Oh, um, why is that? For security purposes. Uh, oh, but because of like drug cartels in Colombia? And, and hacking and all of that stuff, yeah. Mm, okay. 
but um, ask for forgiveness, not for permission, right? Right, right. So yeah. it was okay. You did not get fired. No. <laughs> good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, and then my other question was, um, so and, and when you stayed only for a month, you probably stayed in a hostel or something. But in the beginning, I was staying at a mm -hmm. hotel. Um, and then um, for the remainder yeah. of the month, I stayed at Airbnb okay. because it was much more cost effective. Sure. One thing I will say to like your viewers is for anybody who is coming from the United States, like your money is really strong in Colombia. Right. So like it very strong. So like you will be okay. Yep. Okay. Um, yeah. It's not like Europe, like where the Euro and the U S dollar is so close. Mm. It's very different in Colombia. Sure. So yeah, your money goes far. And so, and then when you went there for the whole year, is there like a visa that you can just stay or did you do like order hopping uh so there are a few things um or a few options so like there's there's a digital nomad visa uh -huh. um and then there's also like visas you can get on um for all types of things but i was on a teaching visa ah, so i was teaching okay. english in addition you were teaching uh-huh was mm -hmm. this the plan when you went back to become a english teacher Yes, because I was not going with the job that I had had. I decided to secede. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, kind of just like take a chance. <laughs> sure. And did you like it? I liked the experience. Yeah, it was a really nice experience. Um, I held contract for six months as a teacher. Um, mm -hmm. And I was with other foreign teachers or foreign people who had come, foreign professionals who had come to do this assignment. So I was... Um, with one person from England, from York, uh, England. Mm -hmm. There was two people from Africa. So the one from um, Ghana and another from uh, Kenya. Uh -huh. uh, and then there was someone from the US who wasn't there for too long after I arrived. Um, mm -hmm. And then there was another person incoming from Turkey. Okay. So an interesting mix, and now this year, as Colombia's school year just started, they even have more foreigners from other continents like Australia and other parts of Asia. It was really interesting living in that house um, when I did in the cycle that I did because you had all of these cultures. And so we would have like family style dinners, I guess you could say, mm -hmm. where like someone would cook a meal and like you would be able to experience the meal from their culture. Um, so it was really cool. And then also at the same time, like we were experiencing a Colombian culture. So um, just right. a lot of different culture going on. And uh, was there something from that culture that was outstanding to you? From Colombia's culture? Mm -hmm. um, I would say the thing that has like really impacted my life has been the food change. Um, here in the U.S., uh, Like, it's no fact that, like, meat production is different. Um, yeah. Meat is pumped with hormones here and mm -hmm. vegetables and fruits are sprayed with things. And also access mm -hmm. to healthy food here in the United States is, is a problem. So, like, you have food deserts in poor places. Um, predominantly, yeah. these are Black neighborhoods. And uh -huh. so in these black neighborhoods in the United States, you have like Dollar Trees or places that sell like yeah. 
high proportions of candy and like other fattening foods. You don't really find like fruits and veggies. So that was a problem. And like the stark contrast in in Colombia where like fresh food is available to everyone. And not only that, it comes literally just a few kilometers away because the farms are everywhere. The climate is perfect for growing like fresh. We're in the mountains. Mm -hmm. It's just a tropical mountainous climate. So like, um, it's just different. Like that, that really left a mark on me because, uh, uh-huh, yeah. Um, I, my relationship with food became different, um, having lived there. Yeah. Yes. And now do you get your fruits and vegetables somewhere else or, uh, where now when you're, since you're back, I just got back on Wednesday, actually. Okay. Yeah. So you're still super fresh back. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. Oh, wow. But I will say I'm not, um, I'm not with like, oh, no. some of the things that I'm used to buying in Colombia. Uh-huh. They're not the same here. Like they're very different. Okay. <laughs> like what? Like the plantain. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you know yeah, plantain? Yeah, yeah. The plantains, the, the big bananas really, kind of. They're supposed to be big and usually like dark green, like not uh-huh. red. The ones here, like they're just, they look like bananas, like rotten bananas. Like what? I always think it's because nobody buys them. Possibly, yeah. Because, I mean, they're always sitting there for such a long time. That was always yeah. my, um, my thing. Did you go there to find your biological parents? or? No, 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 no. Uh, oh, but okay. uh, I went there with the intention of um, starting, the, starting the process of getting residency like permanent ah, residency. okay okay so like a double passport situation but right, like really i okay. don't i don't need mm-hmm. the passport there because i am a citizen of the u.s and that's the stronger mm-hmm. passport but i can and i probably will at some point have both but i'm i've started that process and then you could just live there right and don't have to worry how to stay there live there is e- it would be easier for me to live there um mm-hmm. if once i am once i have that yeah because i won't require a visa and right. it won't require me to put like a, a, a bunch of money down on property so like right. uh, okay those are the two ways outside of that yeah yeah but um this is more so just about me having options um just yeah. because um, yeah that's fine yeah, I left this place uh, with the curiosity of life abroad, and I had been abroad, but like, I really came to appreciate the place where I was at, and um, appreciate it for reasons that are very different from this country. Uh huh. What did you think um, just in the last few weeks when it was about to it was about to be the end of your uh, journey there? Do you feel like excited to go back or were you sad? Yeah, definitely mixed feelings. Like I'm, I was very excited because I was seeing family finally mm-hmm. and some family I had not seen in some years. Um, mm-hmm. So like from that perspective, I was really, I, I, I was really excited and I'm still excited to be here. But mm-hmm. from the standpoint of safety, um, yeah. I feel a little on edge being back in the United States okay, um, okay. because of the social climate, the mm-hmm. racial climate, the mm-hmm. political climate, and also from like an international perspective. Um, this country is not the most liked and mm-hmm. people, it's clear that there are 
groups out there who wish to do us harm uh, yeah. and potential hackings and cyber attacks that may happen in the near future mm. um, from China. Uh, so like just all of these things and fuel my motivation to go back um, go somewhere else. or go somewhere else, but probably go back to Colombia. Um, mm -hmm. But the biggest thing I would say is my experience as a human being who is black. Um, mm -hmm. I feel, and I was just talking to my parents about this, like about my experiences, because I just saw them for the first time today. Like the experiences that I've had in other countries where I'm, I'm always mindful of my race wherever I go, mm -hmm. because you have to be, um, you just are when you're a black person. Mm -hmm. The experiences I have with race is very different than the experiences I have here in the United States. And it is for those reasons why I like my life outside of the U.S. Uh, because I, I feel a little, I feel a lot. Calmer. Right. I mean, I've never been there. I, and I imagine Bogota just probably mostly white and Latino. Mm -mm. Uh, it's predominant. Uh, well, in the part that I was at, it was predominantly brown and black. Oh, okay. So you did not like mm -hmm. stick out. No, like, and I was telling my parents this too, like my, one of my coworkers, one of my colleagues uh, on my team who is from York, he stood uh -huh. out a lot. Because he was white? He's white. Yes. Very yeah. white. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Like need, needed son. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um, so it was just odd to like be in that, in that like situation where like I wasn't the thing that like people were, you know, like, yeah, because I, I know I, I felt that in other places. So it was kind of nice. And also like, yeah, it's just like when there are police around not feeling like I have to look across my shoulder. Right. Like, You're not the target. Yeah. yeah it's just relaxed. Mm -hmm. Not to say that there is not racism where, I was like there's race racism exists in all forms and it affects and other race racial groups like right i think it's everywhere yeah it's everywhere so like yeah. my experience it has been different um than the experience that i've had in the united states where okay. it's very divisive and there's a lot of hatred you just feel it in the energy here yeah it's it's switched so much in yeah. the last especially since 2016 obviously yeah so how was it then when you came back for you? Do you have like a reverse culture shock? To the United mm -hmm. States? Is it like um, you've never been away or was it like, oh, mm. I forgot how this was. This is... When I came to the United States yeah. again? Like two days ago. Uh, can I be really yeah, honest? Yeah, please, please, please. <laughs> <laughs> in less than 24 hours of being uh -huh. here in the US, um, someone called me. And, and oh my god no way uh so like while i could have engaged in in a in a public library i was at in the library, library. So was, well i mean i was getting ready to take a video call i had a meeting uh -huh. so i just went to the public library for an hour uh so and this is what i'm talking about like yeah like why do you even why does a person even need to, to express that. be so hateful. Yeah, I don't like, so it. immediately when that happens, uh, I immediately think of, all right, this is the type of person that 
would come back and probably shoot me if they came back with a gun and decided to shoot up the place. Like I would probably, I would be a target. You'd be the first one. Yeah. Yes. um, So this is where the fear comes from. Like, because there's just hatred in people's spirits here. Like in Colombia, you have a ton of holidays. Colombia is a country that is known for Monday holidays, sorry, Sunday Mm -hmm. holidays. So then they have Monday off. So it becomes a three day weekend, but all of mm-hmm. these holidays and all of these holidays that like bring the community together. So like uh-huh. one one holiday in particular is uh, Dia de los de las Belitas, which is a holiday that's around in November, and it's all about like praising uh, an angel. I want to say I don't I forget, but like mm-hmm. everybody is in the streets at night at, after the sun sets. And there's candles everywhere. Like it's a oh. lighting candle holiday. Oh, it's beautiful. And the community is just out and like everybody is talking to each other and drinking mm-hmm. and like, it's just nice. Having and, a like, good time mingling. Yeah. yeah like uh, just cultural differences. So mm-hmm. like, you don't really see that here. Like, or even like, I'm sorry, I'm rambling. Um, but like, so I'm spotting differences in my first like few days here. Like, you know, uh, the way in which we shop like our shopping experiences like mm-hmm. nobody really talks to each other like we're just also yeah. insular like we get out of our cars we get into the store we get what we need we go back get into our cars and go take the trip like everything is just different and like the feeling is just different and mm-hmm. yeah for me it's just a a little scary like I feel like I'm in a uh, so like for you it was like hey I wish I'd never come back kind of thing uh, I I don't have too much plan to stay here for very long. I mm-hmm. I haven't bought my trip back because I need to be with my family for a while. Um, yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that happened. That. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't know. I have no words. So, how long are you gonna plan on staying in the U.S. Uh, for a month. Oh, that that's just so quick. Yeah. 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 Yeah, oh, you can do that. That's okay. You will, you will, I think you will. Yes, but it definitely has inspired me to like write um, a memoir or an essay and pitch to publication because this is a perspective. Like when you leave a place and then you go to a place uh-huh. and then you come back to that place and it has changed, but in some ways it's still the same. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of contrast that can be that can be made. So, would you say this is also in New York? What that experience? Most definitely, yeah, yeah. But it's it's less there. I think obviously it's a large metropolis with a lot of different 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 types of thinkers and different generations. Right, of thinkers. So that's like, why I was asking. It's a little bit more of a progressive place. Like you yeah. see a lot of things there that you would not see in. Uh, like the Midwest of the United States or in Texas or in California for that for that being we lived in um, Oakland for a while my daughter was Mm -hmm. born in Oakland and I uh, mean it's so mixed there you know so and for me this was always like the kind of this is what I always expected to be the United States like and then we moved to um, Austin and I'm like yeah only white people this is so weird, you know, because I always really like that uh, mixed cultures that you have in the in Northern yes. California and probably like also in, in more or less in all yeah. California in the big cities. At least. 
Um, okay, so going back to Colombia, um, was there anything that you did not get used to? Um, I I got, I wouldn't say that I didn't get used to it, but because I had to, like, um, until you become absolutely fluent in Spanish. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. What I don't get, what I wasn't getting used to, um, and what I was actually getting really tired of was being taken advantage of. Uh, so uh, you or I, unless your Spanish is fluent, um, you will get taken advantage of from the perspective of like, if I'm a business owner and you come into my shop and it's evident to me that you're not a Spanish speaker, first, I'm going to ask you where you may be from. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you tell me uh, Europe, uh, okay, mm -hmm. wow, cool. If you tell me the United States, uh -huh. my eyes are going to become dollar signs. Right. So I will right. upcharge you on the product that costs uh -huh. 4,000 Colombian pesos. I might charge you 50,000 Colombian pesos. So but even if it has a, um, a price tag on it? It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so that's something that I didn't get used to. I wasn't, I wasn't, I was getting tired of. Um, case in point for one instance, I'm a huge biker like bicyclist uh -huh. yeah. uh -huh. uh, and with mountains and, and, and the part of Colombia that I was in. Um, I guess it's perfect, biking right? Biking trips. Yeah, it's perfect. Uh -huh. So yeah. one day my tire caught a flat and the tube needed to be changed. Uh, I took it to a bike shop and he quoted me at uh, 50,000 Colombian pesos or 50, 50 mil. Okay. And then I went to my friend. And my friend was like, no, 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 he's from, he's from Venezuela. So like, yeah. you know, he said, come with me. Like you're getting scammed <laughs> because you're American. And yeah, you know. yeah. so we went to the shop near him and it was all very centrally located. So I don't have to go far with my bike. Went to the shop and he did the talking. I shut up and he told the shop owner told him uh, cuatro pesos, cuatro mil. So a big difference, cincuenta mil, cuatro. Yeah. So a lot of a lot of so um, how much is this in um, in dollars? Or fifty thousand uh, Colombian pesos is is twelve dollars and seventy cents. It's like one one U.S. dollars is like four or five Colombian pesos. Yeah. So what about the language? The language was uh, a somewhat of a shit okay, show. Okay. Yes. The beginning. Please, <laughs> please tell me about um, it. <laughs> in my first month. In February, when I went for the first time, I was just, my, my phone was right. my best friend. And that's something that you really should not have in the, in the, in the streets as your Right, phone. yeah. So, but that's all I knew. That's all I could get by with. Did you have any Spanish before? I had had Spanish training in, in primary school. Like, it was mandatory to take a language, but I didn't really take it seriously. And I, like, it was hard for mm -hmm. me to put it into practice because I'm in... The United States and yeah. the predominant language here is English. So like if you don't use your Spanish when you learn it, it's hard. If you're yeah. not immersed into a culture, it's even very difficult. So being immersed in it for 11 months really improved my skill. And you learn the language, the local slang, yeah. like it's kind of fun. Like, yeah. And then how long did it take you to be more comfortable in Spanish? I would say after the, my first three months of returning, of having uh -huh. returned, but also I had studied in the time that I came back from the U into the U.S. 
because I knew that I was going back in May. Did it um, also help you to uh, to work in a language school? Mm-hmm. Probably all your students, they were Spanish speakers. All of the students spoke Spanish. My uh, Any of the teachers who were not foreign teachers, they spoke nothing but uh -huh. Spanish. So like Spanish from the moment that you wake up to the moment that you close your eyes. Right. And the only time I would really speak English is, um, and I wouldn't really, no one really talked to each other unless we were having dinner in the teacher mm -hmm. teaching house. Um, and I had my own friends outside of work. Okay. So I was friends with either Colombian people or Venezuelan okay. people. So I was constantly speaking Spanish or being challenged to. Um, so the only time I really spoke English is with people back home in right. the United States when I would be on calls. Uh -huh. yeah. And how did you make your friends? Well, actually, it all started with a trip up one of the mountains. Uh -huh. um, I ran into some people. I was with two f American friends mm -hmm. who had come to visit um, for my birthday. And we went up hiking up a mountain and we ran into some people. And it was from those people that I made other friends. Mm -hmm. um, so it was really organically. And the initial people that I met were from Venezuela. So it was nice getting to know Colombia through their eyes yeah. and also learning about the struggles that Venezuelan have, right. Ven Venezuelans have in Colombia. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of xenophobia towards oh, them. Oh, is it? Um, yeah. So not only am I learning about the culture of Colombia, but I'm learning about like the struggles that the immigrants from mm -hmm. Venezuela face um, because they're fleeing their yeah, own yeah. country mm -hmm. due to the crisis that's been going on. So, um, and was there anything in Colombia that you missed, though? Um, the food uh, and just the, like, mountain view every morning when you wake up. Like, mm -hmm. there's something about seeing something so dramatic like that that, like, I don't know, it's really calming. Yeah, I mean, also right now it's not the best time. I guess everything is really gray outside. Yes. So that does not help. Mm -mm. And was there anything that you missed from the U.S.? Uh, yes. In the U.S., what I really love is, like, you get a lot of choice here. Mm. Uh, choice and service are, like, my two things. So, like, for instance, uh, when you go to a market, um, because it's America is a mashup of just cultures. Mm -hmm. You have a lot of like international product selection in the grocery stores, for instance, or like if you go to a restaurant and they mess up your order, you're more likely to get your money back here in the yeah. United States than you are in a place like Colombia. Um, in Colombia, the service there is very different <laughs> and you'll get looked at funny if you tried to ask for your money back. You were like, you ate this. <laughs> and yes, if you want a re if you want a revision or a redo on yeah. your order, you'll have to pay again. Oh, okay. Um. <laughs> It's very odd. Like, so I was a little spoiled in that, yeah. in that sense. Like, you know, like there's a lot of luxury and comfort here. Like, um, but even like, uh, but I think that's that's also like a, a commentary on like uh, consumerism is a huge thing here. Mm -hmm. So like with consumerism, you get a lot of options for products and stores like target right. which i also missed mm. you know, there's no target in oh. in, in colombia <laughs> um so you you have a lot of luxuries here that you don't get in i wouldn't say a third world country but just like not as developed mm -hmm. and not as rich like water pressure is very different oh, okay. down there than it is here or like you're more likely to take lukewarm showers mm -hmm. there than you are here like 
um, in the United States. So, but I would say the water is very delicious down there, though. <laughs> okay, that's good. Yeah. What about our friends and family you missed? Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. Um, I miss my my family a lot here, um, but I I think I did a pretty good job of staying in contact with people mm-hmm. and. Luckily, like my mom even mentioned this to me one day. She was like, you know, we get by with WhatsApp. So like I know. video chats. Yeah. Um, but I I think that like my time coming back here will be good because I've known that I needed to recharge my batteries. And I feel like for me, like I can recharge my spirit around my family mm-hmm. um, and like see, see folks mm-hmm. and then be okay for a yeah. while. Um, so I know like in, in Reddit, I've read a lot of people's comments about like their experiences abroad or like people who have thought about, should I leave this country? Like, am I leaving my parents behind or my family behind or my, the people who survive, mm-hmm. who I sur- help survive? Like at the end of the day, you have to live your life and do what makes you happy. And like family will always be there. And like, if you can get yourself to see them, like, it's possible like there's technology and transportation to help us achieve these things so and exactly it's now so much easier than it was just a few years ago like before before you had like everybody had an iphone or something any smartphone yeah right i mean we used to do sometimes skype like once a month or something like that and now it's just like super easy Mm -hmm. and also for for me for example I would not live anywhere close to my family, probably. So, you know, yeah. So, and also like all my friends, they moved to all kinds of different cities, you know, so. In the world. uh, In Germany. But but, I mean, it's not like um, a three hour car drive is something else there than it is here. You know, here it's like, oh, sure, I just come tomorrow morning and then I'll drive back in the evening. There is like mm-hmm. three hours is like here, for example, a 12-hour car ride. Mm. Wow. I mean, it just because the distance feels longer there. And mm. um, so I wouldn't see them as much either, you know. So maybe they would see them maybe once a year more often, something like that. I would not, I would mm. not see them all the time. Mm. I remember from one of your questions in the list, um, you asked about like customs or differences. Uh-huh. Um, I find it really interesting, like different countries' adaptations of breakfast or versions of breakfast. Oh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I've never been to places in, I've been to Europe, but I've never been to London or UK and like my parents have. And like, uh-huh. I, I've always known that they have beans in their breakfast. In like England, yeah, beans, uh, and, beans and toast, yeah, which is a very odd, odd combination for me. But like some like it for for those of us in Colombia, the breakfast is uh, the traditional breakfast is caldo de costilla, which is mm-hmm. a beef soup with a water broth that has cilantro in it and potatoes. It's really delicious and fresh. Sounds like dinner to me. Yeah, so it sounds like dinner. And like, then if you're sick and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon, the first thing that comes to mind is soup. But no place in Bogota serves the soup in the afternoon. It's only a breakfast item. Oh, breakfast soup. Yes, or there's, uh, there's something also called tamal. 
so it's yeah tamal is like uh chickpea and chickpeas and 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 chicken and um beef and like corn it's all mashed up mm-hmm. but it's wrapped in a tamal it's really delicious so like uh-huh. you won't find like pancakes or beans and beans and gravy or like even like eggs is not is is common but it's not as common um mm-hmm. so different different breakfasts which i i always appreciate going to places and and seeing like what is popular for breakfast Mm-hmm. Um, yeah did you did you think of it first like i that's weird because i mean soup for breakfast mm, i thought it i thought it was a really heavy way to begin your day you get really full from these things full but they're actually really good ways to start your days because now you're getting your protein your starches and like it's a healthy breakfast so yeah and you know like when it comes to food for me sometimes it's like okay that's weird um maybe i don't want to try it maybe i do want to try it i don't know it's um probably i would have been hesitant in the beginning hmm. that's normal yeah yeah what was your favorite food though there my favorite fruit was something called fehoa fehoa uh-huh which is uh, a little like fruit this size. And you're from Germany. I don't know how long you've spent there, but you're in the U.S. now. Have you ever heard of sweet tarts? Sweet it's a candy. Tart. Oh, yeah, of course. There. Yes. This fruit tastes exactly like that. Ah, okay. Um, so it's tart and sweet and just like perfect. Like you eat the entire thing. Uh-huh. Uh, and then as far as food, I would probably say um, arepas with like stuff in them. They're really delicious. It's like a nice snack and meal. That's funny because I had um, one guest on my podcast also. Mm. She was from the US. She also lived in, no, in Medellin. Medellin, cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she was complaining about the arepas. She, <laughs> yeah she's like that is like it's like cardboard yeah everybody has their own way of making them but like i tend to like the venezuelan arepas more than i okay. do like the colombian the colombian oh, maybe ones. that's why um but i mean it's more or less all the same but it you definitely can't buy it from buy it the same from everyone like Okay. There's some people who make arepas very thick and there's just like a brick of cheese in the middle and it's just really disgusting to me. Uh-huh. Um, I don't eat those ones, but... <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. you had good ones too. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Also, um, going back to right in the beginning, how did you land that language, uh, that English teaching job? Um, so that was actually just... Um, given to me uh, and um, perfect timing that the work assignment came and um, yeah, I had a choice of location. It was through an organization okay. um, and I had a choice of three locations. Uh, one was in Bogota. Mm-hmm. Uh, another was in um, Cartagena, which is like the more beach part. Uh-huh. Uh, and then another one was in Bucaramanga. Uh, and I chose Bogota because um, I had information or knowledge there that, like, my biological mother was from there. Mm-hmm. And then also it's the capital. And um, historically, like, that's where a lot of 
stuff went down. So like from a history perspective, it really intrigued me. Uh-huh. Um, like the Supreme Court house or the Supreme Court justice building being stormed during mm, right. the whole narcos situation. Like that, this appealed to me. So being, getting the opportunity to go and like be a part of that history and like yeah. learn about it was really cool. Yeah. And learn more about it. Yeah. But did you actively kind of look for it? for a way to get there or because you said it was given to you uh through someone i knew yeah. uh-huh uh-huh mm -hmm. but but you went when you went back for the after that month you were like okay i really want to go yes yeah back so that's <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and so you're yeah. like okay so how do i get there and yes. then you knew that person and then Yeah, if you have a bachelor's degree and you're an American citizen, um, it's sort of like the world is open to you. When you do like I've English learned. classes? Yeah, you don't even have to have, like in most of these organizations that look to recruit Americans to teach English, um, you just have to have evidence that you went to university and completed and got a bachelor's degree mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be specifically in english like mm -hmm. which is interesting because it's harder to get an english teaching job in the united states if you if you didn't go to school for english uh -huh. teaching but if you're a foreigner and you speak the language natively schools want to hire you because not only are you like uh, fluent in the language but like you're you've been immersed in that culture so like you bring cultural uh -huh. things that you can teach yeah. the students um, so it's like an international exchange, which is really cool. But like, for instance, in Colombia, you don't get paid as much to be an English teacher as you would in a place like, uh, Japan or Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. Apparently these are places that are constantly recruiting Americans and Europeans who have that four-year degree, but these are places that pay more. So you're making more us dollars. Whereas in my case, you're not making that many us dollars, but you're mm -hmm. making over the salary of what teachers in Colombia make. Okay. So like okay. we made three times as more than what oh, wow. Colombian okay. teachers make. So yeah. you still get by fine. And you get free housing and health oh, insurance. You get free. And okay. You... Okay. Yes. And each of us has a lawyer that processes our documents. So. Ah, okay. Um, yes. So it's like not really a big hassle to, to do it. Cause like every, mm -mm. everything is taken care of. Mm-hmm. And when you go back in a month, do you do the same again? No, um, I will be writing and working remote and also teaching adults. Okay, and this is all which, remote? Uh, the teaching, I will probably start or pick back up in person because uh -huh. I really like in-person one-on-one sessions with the adult learners um, Okay. because they're really serious about learning English. Right. Um, but for now, I conduct it online. And this would be like private or would mm -hmm. this be also? It is private. Mm, okay. Yeah. My contract with the stool, uh, the school is terminated. So uh -huh. I, I, I'm not teaching this year then. Okay. And then um, your remote job would be in the U.S.? Uh, yes. Okay. Well, you're lucky. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, because <laughs> I think that's what everybody wants, right? Like um, a job that pays U.S. dollars and then lives somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Yes, especially yeah. people down there, they want that. So there's a lot of call centers for bilingual speakers oh, really? in Colombia. Oh, so mm -hmm. if um, anything goes down for me here, maybe that, <laughs> maybe I'll do that. <laughs> and and then and then you plan how long next time do you want to go? Honestly, my my goal, my long term goal, is to buy 
buy property somewhere uh-huh. in Colombia. It may not be in Bogota, but the idea, um, I feel like I'm repeating myself because I've been talking to like my family about this, but oh, like, um, the idea of owning a home in the United States has always been like a pipe dream right. and kind of something that I feel like my, a lot of people in my generation feel like is unattainable or mm-hmm. for the people in my generation who have attained it, they're now, they now feel like they're like gridlocked in this like mm-hmm. mortgage game. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of something scary that I've always, or something that I've looked at as a scary thing. And now that like, I have a place that I really love and like, I feel mentally stable mm-hmm. and like this idea of home ownership with us dollars seems a little bit more attainable mm-hmm. because like I was saying like a, for 150,000, you can get a very large place, a okay. very large house. Um, not like a, not what you, you wouldn't get what you get here, which is a starter right. home. Yeah. Yeah. Four hundred. Um, I mean, depends where, but I imagine it's it depends different. where, and not to say that there are, there are billion dollar, billion Colombian dollar peso homes, like things I'm I cannot sure. afford there. So like, but you can, you can find something stable and nice there mm-hmm. for little money. Um, as a foreigner, would you need to come up with a whole amount in cash or Would the banks lend you a mortgage? If they do, the interest would be really high, but I think um, the idea would just be to buy it. Okay. Um, but these are all things I need to research. This right, is right. just something I kind of just started it's thinking just, about. Uh-huh. It's like a, yeah. something in the future. It's That not... could be a reality, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now it's stupid because of the also super high interest rate and people outprice you, people paying cash. It's Yeah, I don't know. The market is really dumb. <laughs> yes. Would you consider them moving more towards the countryside or mm, city? I really like the energy of the city. Uh-huh. I think uh, moving to a place like Bogota or Medellin is uh, a commitment that you make with yourself to persevere through walking up a lot of hills and steps because it's a very hilly place. So like no matter what age you are, you just need to be prepared to <laughs> do a lot of like uphill yeah. walking because that gets a little tiring, but you get used to it. And I think that also like keeps your body like in shape too. Like, yeah. Like, so it's definitely like a challenge, but we always get the triple A magazine, super boring, <laughs> but that was actually, actually an article about Columbia biking mm. there. Mm-hmm. So that it's like the, whatever biking or mountain biking paradise it's a mountain biking paradise yeah the city is very very yeah. bike friendly and actually on uh this is something that new york i wish did because like new york city i would say is a bike friendly city but um they're they've gotten they've come a long way like with adding bike lanes and doing certain things to the infrastructure uh-huh. on every sunday in the city of bogota and other cities in colombia there's something called the ciclovia And so they shut down one part of the freeway, major freeway system into the city streets. So no cars are permitted okay. or no buses are permitted to go down the street. And it's open for pedestrian mm-hmm. walkers, runners, and cyclists. That's really cool. Yeah. And so every Sunday, like it's a little quieter in the city because there's not as many cars no, and traffic. buses. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's all day. And it's good for the air too. For sure. Didn't they do this in the first place because the air quality was so bad? Probably, yes. And like rainforest preservation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And um, did you have a, did you just go by bike in, in Bogota? 
Uh, every day that I was teaching while I was living in the international teaching house, mm-hmm. um, I had bought a bike and I was biking from Bogota to Kota, Kundinamarca, which is, um, well, you're from Europe, so you know kilometers. So mm-hmm. um, I would bike eight kilometers to and eight kilometers okay. from, so 16 every day. So it's not bad with a bike, 20 minutes or something like that. And it's really nice in the morning. It's, uh-huh. Yeah, the weather is nice every day. So That sounds nice. And um, did you miss your car? Or didn't, I mean, like in New York, you did not have a car, I guess? Actually, no, I didn't have a car in New York. I was given a car when I was younger, and then I stupidly sold it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, but like the car, like, honestly, I get really anxiety. I get a lot of anxiety behind a car and on the road. So I, I really enjoy public yeah. transportation, and <laughs> I prefer, like, public transit or a bike. Um, but... My first time experiencing transportation on a motorcycle was in Bogota. So, like, you have Uber there, which mm-hmm. was actually illegal still in oh. Bogota in, in Colombia. But Uber still somehow operates. There's like, okay. Yeah. But there's also another app called Didi. So if you need to get somewhere quicker uh, and for not a lot of money, you can request you can request a motorcycle to get you. Ah, Okay. Um, so I did it a few times, but I'm pretty afraid of motorcycles because they're just a little too crazy for me. So that was Aaron's story and uh, why he loves Colombia way more than he loves the U.S. And um, I have to apologize for the very abrupt ending. Our meeting or our recording got disturbed by my kids and then kind of ended But thank you for your time, Aaron, and thank you for participating in my podcast. When his book publishes, I will definitely put it here on my podcast and I will let the listener know where they can buy it and, of course, what it's called. Also, I wanted to let you know that Worlds Collide is now available on YouTube besides all the other podcast streaming platforms. And please, if you want to reach out to me, do that. Send me an email at worldscollide123pod at gmail.com or you can also catch me on Instagram. It's worldscollidepod, just one word. And if you like this podcast, then please leave it a five-star review at wherever you listen to podcasts. I hope you will be back next week for another episode of Worlds Collide. Until then, bye-bye.